Production. Recorded live. Well, hello everyone in uh, Sim League. It's uh, SPL back um, talking about some of our uh, favorite nerdy stuff that we like to do, um, which is Sim League basketball. Um, I have with me tonight um, the champion uh, from last season, uh, here to defend his crown this year, uh, Magic. <laughs> uh, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, outside of being extremely frustrated about my Fitbit, I'm doing pretty well. Oh, yeah? What's wrong with your Fitbit? None. I got a replacement one like two months ago, and it's already broke. Like, the button on oh, the side no. stopped working, so it's just extremely frustrating. But... Yeah, no, my, my my daughter and my wife had one that they kept on breaking. So, yeah, I feel you with that. I just don't wear watches or anything like that. So, never got into that stuff. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of Captain Caveman. I mean, I'm, I'm old. I mean, as you can hear Rory in the background saying, mm-hmm, yeah, Rory is my oldest daughter. <laughs> Go ahead and say hello, Rory. You sound Chinese? Yes, you are Chinese. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so she decided to join me in the kitchen for a minute. She's uh, picking out crayons at the moment. So. Um, but, okay, so let's get into uh, some similar talk. That's kind of why we're here. Um, I think at the last call, we uh, gave you a lot of big congratulations on your uh, championship. And let me just give the sentiment again and kind of tell you that uh, this season, the Jazz are going to knock you around. Yeah, I'm not really looking. His, uh, a nice little roster there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we got this guy called uh, Mike Pence or Larry Bird, you know, one of the two. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking forward to him um, and what he can do for us this season. Um, but um, let's, uh, let, let's, let's, let's kind of – start where we kind of left off on the last podcast, you mean, but we were kind of talking about the draft and what we thought um, with the draft, um, and and obviously the draft has happened for us. Um, Top of the draft here, um, I I thought there was two clear choices, um, Ball or Fultz, at the top of the draft. Do you agree with those those were the top two, and do you think Pete made the right choice in taking, uh, taking Fultz? Yeah, I mean, well, it's 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 hard to say that, that Pete made the right choice after seeing the, the TC that both of them had. But, no, I mean, I think they are both they both had the look of point guard studs, and, and I think, as most people would agree, this league, our league is, is a very point guard-centric league. You know, you have a good – if you have a, a great point guard and a good shooting guard, you know, it's a lethal combination. So I think going with either option would have been, obviously, a good pick. I think the, the big question and probably – you know, looking at Fultz, he was a teenager. So, you know, those teenager uh, TCs can, can be wildly, you know, great or bad or, you know, all over the place. So, you know, maybe maybe Pete was picking him, thinking, you know, hoping that he'd, he'd make a huge growth spurt in that first TC. But, I mean, even still, you know, looking at him, I think he's a, you know, six four point guard. You know, he's got some good grades. You know, he looks like he can develop. So, I, I don't I – can't, you can't say he made a poor choice. Obviously, it looks like ball ball would have been the better choice. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, and, and I wrote this up in the TC that I did. Um, but, but just looking at everything um, before the uh, before the summit happened, um, I had faults listed ahead of ball in my in my list. Um, 
because my concern was with Lorenzo Ball, that C inside scoring grade, was he going to be a volume shooter? I mean, what, mm-hmm. or is he going to be a guy that's just going to distribute and, and not really shoot a volume shot? And, and when, we, when we saw the summit, um, we saw him putting up shots. So right. to me, that, that, that said, okay, I mean, that, that, that C um, inside grade is a little bit of a smoke screen. He, he's really going to be a volume shooter. And then you, you saw what happened with the TC and he blew up where uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Ball is just, he's just going to, he's, he's by far the best player I, I feel in this class. Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's just really, really good. Um, um, so, but I, I thought that the argument could be made there for Ball, but I mean, I, I don't think Pete made it. Poor choice. I think Mark, uh, Markel Holt still has um, a ton of potential. I think he could be another outstanding player. I mean, the, the, I just think Lonzo Ball right now is just—he looks like he's going to be a monster in this league. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think what you said is is perfect. There's really—I don't think Pete could have made the wrong decision in the moment. I think both of them look like very good prospects, and, and like you said, the C inside, but. You know, I think if you're walking away with either one of them, you're probably going to be pretty happy, you know, for the long-term growth of your team and, and hopefully developing them. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I don't think he would have gone wrong either way. I, I just thought, I mean, Lonzo Ball, 6'6", six, six point guard. Um, I mean, yeah, that height is nice. Yeah, and once you saw that he was shooting a volume, because he, he started with that A-minus inside, A-minus handle. Um, so now that's gone up to A plus. Holy shit! I mean, it's. I, I just really think he's going to be an absolute stud, and um, a big, uh, big, big um, congratulations to uh, to uh, the Spurs and and uh, I believe that's that's dirt, right? Dirt, dirt runs the no dirt runs Denver. No. Who runs the Spurs? This is Tupor. Huh? Oh, no, Tupor is the Kings. Yeah, God, yeah. everybody's. Everybody's well, moved around. Well, whoever the Spurs are, you, you got a phenomenal freaking point guard. Good for you. Um, um, really happy for you, buddy. Whoever whoever you are. Um, Hold on, I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, um, but how about um, in this draft? You was there any picks? Oh, that... Bruns. Bruns is running up. That's right. I get Bruns out. Yeah. Because I think Victor Victor backed out. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And Bruns came back. Uh, so, right. big congratulations, Bruns. I'm sorry I forgot you, buddy. I love you. Um, you're a great Iowa guy. Um, so, um, how about the, were there any picks that kind of surprised you in this draft? That, or, or picks that you stood out and you said, you know what, that's an awful, awful pick? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think Jason Tatum looks like a pretty damn good pick. Obviously, his size and his shooting guard eligibility is going to be nice. Um, I think, you know, for me, I focus more so on second round just because I haven't had a first round pick in quite a while. So looking at some of those has been interesting. Obviously, it it looks like uh, the Suns have picked up uh, another possible sleeper there. But, you know, overall, I think it was a pretty, well, it was a long draft. I think it was a pretty, pretty draft that went as expected. And it doesn't appear that anybody had a, a too significant of a drop off, especially in the top guys. You know, obviously, a couple guys had a nice big boost. Justin Patton, uh, the Bucks, he had a nice little plus six in TC. So that's oh, yeah. always like you like to see that. He's, he looks like he could be a steal at eleven. So um, that's yeah, really trophy, one of the trophy that... had trophy had, an, had a tremendous draft because not only yeah. 
that he that he pulled on Patton, but he pulled on Dylan Brooks too. Um, I mean, those two look like. I mean, whatever trophies drink can get me two of it because I mean, it's given that man something. I mean, that guy. he, he always finds these old diamonds in the rough. Good for him. I mean, um, trof- trophies just, oh, Lord. I mean, the, those two players for him with what he has, that that, that team's going to be a monster in a few seasons. Yep. But, uh, about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, going, my intake, my input on it, I mean, I, I really thought – at first look, I thought Giles was a really, really bad pick at four. Um, I thought he should have gone more towards the back of the lotto. Um, but Dirt, who is a Denver GM, um, got kind of bailed out with a really nice TC for him. Um, so um, gets a gain, gain of that potential, which is huge, and gains in the rebounding. And, um, looks like he should be a player that that, that should be pretty pretty darn good. Um, I, I, I thought that uh, Bolden uh, at eight went a little bit too high. Again, I, I thought he should have been more towards later in the lottery. I thought there were better players uh, out there um, that that should have gone. You um, I mean I don't know. You I mean. It, those are the kind of the two that kind of stand out to me. And no offense to to, to Dirt or to uh, to to Andrew Luck. I mean, I, both of those guys are good players. I just thought there were better ones that should have been taken. Robert Williams kind of surprised me a little bit with the Bulls at seven. Um, he's another guy that I it wasn't really on my radar, but we'll see. I mean, he, he does have some interesting grades. I'm sure he's probably going to become a small forward. Um, but I don't know. Those were a couple of the picks that kind of uh, stood stood out to me. Um, how about uh, any winners or losers that you see in this draft, uh, particularly? Um, I mean, the biggest uh, we've talked about a little bit, obviously, but it's just Pete, you know, picking the wrong guy, <laughs> you know. But yeah, like I said, I don't know if that's necessarily a loser by any means, but uh, you know, it doesn't look. Like I said, it seems like it was a pretty straightforward draft. I think a lot of the guys went after what they needed. And there seemed to be a lot of guys with, with multiple picks. So I think, you know, they were choosing more for volume and, and trying to hit on guys. So, I mean, I'll talk yeah. back to you. Do you think there's anybody that particularly lost in this draft? Um, I don't know. I really don't think anybody really lost. Because um, when I did the evaluation of the draft, um, players that um, – this has a, this draft wasn't like past drafts where in, in, in past drafts you saw guys drop from a B potential down to a C potential. Um, you you really didn't see any of that in this first round. Everyone at least held a B potential. Um, There's a couple guys that dropped from an A to a B, but still, I mean that's I mean that that still shows some future promise. So. I don't think anybody really lost out. There's some people that they didn't get the most ideal PC, but they still have good grades um, for potential future growth. So in that sense, I don't think anybody really lost. Um, the teams that I feel that really won here, um, I've already hit, hit up on Trophy. I, I thought Trophy and his picks were, were phenomenal. Um, another team that I thought did really well were the Lakers. I, I think getting Jason Tatum and then um, – 
uh, just outside of Lotto, OG antibody. Um, those two wings for him. <laughs> is, is that right? Anybody? Any, any, I have no idea. I was just, I was, I was impressed by how you said that with a, and it sounded like hey, you were talking about. <laughs> I, I try to. I mean, I, the whole point of this is you just got to fake it. I mean, um, just like anything in life, if you don't know it, just fake it and, and go with it and, and wait for somebody to correct you. Um, but, um, yeah, OG Anubody, um, I, I, think, uh, I think those two wings for him are, are really, really going to be uh, phenomenal good players. Um, um, and uh, um, taking a look around, I mean, I thought Boston um, did really well for themselves. I, I think um, even though he didn't have the most ideal um, um, Ideal uh, TC and Josh Jackson. Um, I, I Dennis think Smith, that, though. Huh? Dennis Smith had a nice draft or a nice TC. Yeah, yeah. A nice little late round pick. Exactly. I mean, I, I still or think late. that uh, I still think that um, there's something there with Josh Jackson, um, but Dennis Smith. I mean, he had a plus four. I think Dennis Smith. He was a guy that uh, right around pick. 14 or so, I was really trying to move up to get um, when he was still on the board. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I said the wrong name. I meant Dennis Smith. I was looking at Frank Jackson. But, uh, no, yeah, Dennis Smith, he, he looks like he's a nice little player for Dump. Yeah, yeah. So, I think Dump had good. So, you I mean, those are these three players, three teams that I really stand out to me in this draft that I think really won. Obviously, um, runs with Lonzo Ball, um, I mean, him alone is, is is a huge win, and he got another nice pick later in the first round in uh, in uh, Jared Allen, which I think he's going to be a nice defensive big for him as well. But um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think everyone did pretty well with this draft. Um, I don't think there was any losers. I didn't see anybody. I mean, if I would have seen a couple C potentials go down, then I would say, yeah, okay, that team. I mean, really kind of lost here, um, but yeah. I mean, at least holding the B potential, that, that holds hope for the future for everyone. Yeah, I, I think um, that was kind of my, my biggest takeaway in looking overall at this is that there was no real big losers. Obviously, some, some teams made some nice jumps and, and had some nice value picks, but, you know, overall, it was uh, you, know, you pretty much, a lot of the guys got what you were expecting you weren't going to get, whether that's good or bad, you know, and you just kind of kind of saw saw their grades and not a lot changed, good or bad, so... You know, some may some may view that as as a positive. Some may view it as a negative. They're hoping for a jump in some of the younger guys. Okay. How about did you, did you see any sleepers that you liked in this draft? Anybody that was taken late in their later in their um, draft? It'll be something. Yeah, I mean, a couple guys you propped out in in your your TC write up, but Caleb Swanigan, uh, the Nets picked up at the tenth pick in the in the second round, had a nice plus three plus one potential. So obviously, you like to see a strong growth, and then. Um, he had a second one there, a 24 pick in the second round. Uh, Devontae Gray on the point guard, nice little plus three with a, with a bonus to his defense and handle. So, you know, you always like, you know, anytime you're, you're picking in the second round, you like to see some growth and, and some potential. And then obviously, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name, uh, but the, the Suns 26 pick with a plus three and a plus one. You know, I mean, to get that value at, at 26, you know, almost at the end of the second round, especially, you know, for us is, is pretty unheard of. So you got to like, you know, those three, I think, really pop out. Obviously, you've got a couple plus twos and a plus threes in the second round. Um, you know, those are nice. And then uh, the Raptors at the start with, with Josh Hart and the shooting guard, he got a plus one and plus one potential. So, you know, like I said, a lot of guys that, 
again, had a little, you know, no one seems to have really taken a lot back or taken a step back or lost anything. And some guys that really showed some growth. And, you know, you'd like to see that, especially when trying to build depth and, and uh, you know, trying to contend for a long time if you had, you know, some cheap players. So, you know, those are the guys that I kind of see. And I know you propped them out as well. So those are kind of the ones that, point, that popped out to me. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, Cameron Oliver from Seattle, I, I think that he could be potentially something in the second round. Um, um, he looks he looks pretty enticing. End of the first round, last first round pick um, by Odin um, Thomas Bryant. I, I mean, even though he lost in his inside, he gained in uh, defense and and uh, and rebounding, and he gained in potential. So right. I I think Odin has something. I mean, a big losing on inside scoring. Okay, so what does that mean? He, he means he might take less shots. I mean, right. good. I mean, it's I mean that's kind of what you're looking for in, in a big. Um, so um, I also thought um, Boston um, Laurie uh, Markkinen at the end of the first round, look pretty interesting player. Uh, I'm really, really going to be interesting to see how he develops with his rebounding and defense. If if Thump puts some points into his defense and that rebounding comes around, you might have something really, really different and special with him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can maybe get that rebounding to a B plus, A minus, and to get that defense to like an A minus uh, with those scoring grades, he's going to be something interesting to see what he develops into. Um, I, I thought that build um, when they put him together was pretty interesting. So um, I, I think Dump got himself something there at 27. It's going to be interesting to see what he develops into in the next couple of years. Um, but while, while we transition out of this draft talk now, um, we also, um, since the last pod, we had our free agency. Um, two big contracts that we're going to talk about. Um, the first one is, um, unfortunately, Odin losing Marvin Williams. Um, do, do you think Marvin Williams um, going to? I think it was Bronze and the Spurs, if memory serves me right. Do you, yeah. do you think he's worth that max deal? And and, and uh, what do you think about that move and what this means for uh, the Spurs? No, I. Is he shooting guard eligible? I, I didn't look that up. Um, do you know offhand? I, I don't know offhand, but but. I'll, I'll get Let me look you it up real quick. Yeah, I'll, let's look that up. He's, he was in the thirteen. Uh, he was in the thirty-nine draft. Um. So let's look at his profile page. That's what I'm trying to. Marvin Williams is not popping up on the. But yeah, I mean, based on what he put up in that last season. I definitely think, you know, if you can get a guy shooting 46%, getting 28 points, almost 10 boards a game, and, uh, you know, one block a game, you know, that's that's never – you'd like to pay for those guys. I don't think there's anything, you know, with an A with an A defense as well. So I think, you know, I said this in shout kind of the day of, but this is probably one of the weakest free agency classes that I can remember. Um, in terms of top-end talent. I think there were some good filler guys in there. But, I mean, I think... He is not shooting guard eligible. What was that? He is not shooting guard eligible. Okay. He's all forward slash power. Yeah, I I think that probably lessens 
his value a little bit, not by much. But again, you know, putting up those type of stats and those points at the shooting guard or the shooting guard, but the small forward position is obviously good. So I think if there's anyone in this in this free agency crop that you were going to take a shot at and try and sign, you know, I think he was the one. You know, so it's just I think it'll be important on what you put around him and what the Spurs are able to to kind of do with it, but. You know, I don't think there's, you know, I, I think it was good value. I don't have any problem with, with giving him the max contract, you know, given what I saw that he's capable of and and still some room to grow. So, well, what did you think about it? Well, I I thought, it, I mean, I thought I thought it was definitely a good signing. I thought he was, he, he was a player with a B-plus, B-plus, and still with a B potential. It still has a lot of uh, room for, for, for growth with only mm-hmm. being 23. I mean, A defense, A minus rebounding. Um and then you look at everything that he has around him, Lonzo Ball um, that he just added in this draft that we talked about. We talked about Jared Allen, a good defensive big that he added in this draft. Tyler Lydon, who is going to be – he's another guy that – he's a small forward power forward, so he's only going to be small forward eligible. Um, that's going to have to split time with Marvin Williams at the uh, small forward spot that looks interesting. So – um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what Abby becomes, who he traded to Abby, uh, for Abby from uh, Boston. Um, um, he's got some good defensive big in Audie Norris. Um, I mean, it's, he's got an interesting bag of stuff, and he's, it's going to be, he's going to be another interesting team to look to see what they become in the next few years, kind of like uh, like we talked with the Bucks and, and, and their young players that he has going on over there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Spurs are, I mean, they've got an, you know, with just looking at their roster, they've got a lot of guys, you know, he's in their, you know, 20, 21, 25, 20, 22, 22, 19, 20. They've got a, a ton of guys that are very, very young, but you can, you know, get some, get a lot of playing time in this year and, and see what you have. Obviously, you know, I think that uh, the ball is going to be a stud. So getting that stud point guard to kind of grow with your team is, going to make the rest of it a lot easier, you know, and may even accelerate what you're going to look to do, you know, in the next two to three years. So, but I think getting Williams and, and having that TC that ball did, I think those are two nice pieces to kind of build off of, uh, you know, and, and try to, and at the very least, if you don't keep Williamson, you know, long-term, maybe he's a good ship that you, that you flip for something or, or resources to try and, you know, build up your team in other areas that you think you need it. Yeah. I mean, just, just having ball alone with, uh, with Marvin Williams, I mean, that's, that's gonna be really nice, and if if Lighting steps up into something, I think that'd be a nice trade chip to get himself mm-hmm. a guard. Um, I mean, I, I think he's got a lot going on, and and I still think that he's gonna be in a position where he's gonna probably be probably a top seven, eight, maybe five pick in in the next draft. Um, so he he still has potential to add another quality player um, right. to what he's going on here. So. Um, um, so, uh, the other contract that we saw here, um, um, I just don't know why, why, um, why this kind of happened. Um, Chris Paul, um, getting a seven year max deal. Um, this isn't the, uh, uh, this isn't the Chris Paul of the NBA here. This is the Chris Paul of Sim League. Um, what do you think about this contract and how it was given out to Charlotte? Uh, yeah. I've gone kind of back and forth on it. You know, obviously, 
you know, I, I, I said a lot, you know, point guard is probably one of, if not the biggest and most important position on the court. And I think you see a guy in Chris Paul, you know, he career, you know, he's shooting close to 44%, putting up 23, 24, capable one year of 25 points a game, you know, 10 assists per game. You know, turnovers aren't too outrageous. You know, he's only, I guess, two, you know, two to three when he's a full-time starter. But, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, obviously, you know, in an ideal world, is he a guy that you want to give a max contract to? No, probably not. Um, you know, I don't think he's shown quite enough that, that you would want to do that. But, again, you know, it's, it's a situation where maybe demand meets more of the needs or needs, you know, there's there's needs of a team that need a point guard. And if there's no other options, you know, they're willing to put the money out and get it, especially if you've, you've got some other guys locked up. And, you know, he's got a lot of money, a lot of money committed to, to Shaq. So it's a situation where maybe, you know, in his situation it makes sense to go out and get a guy like that because, you know, what other options does he have, you know, in free agencies, you know, crapshoot. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I think in a perfect world, probably, you know, no, you're probably not going to want to give him a max contract. You want to give him, you know, a good contract that's competitive. But, again, I think looking at the, the Magic roster and, you know, looking at where they sit, you know, for him it maybe may have made a little bit more sense than other than other people. No, yeah, I, I agree completely with you. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought for his grades, he should be a lot better of a player than, uh, than, than what we're seeing. I mean, I, I just don't um, – I, I you know, A-plus handling, the solid defense, you mean, good offensive grades. You mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, by he, no means is – I don't think by any means is he a bump. You know, if you can get a guy that can put up 25 points a game shooting 44% as a point guard, you know, they can get you 10 assists. You know, and career shoots 36% from three. You know, it's, it's not horrible. You know, so I don't, I don't think – like I said, I think he's the type of player that it's, it's worth it to take a chance on. By no means do I think he's a bum, you know, and that's just, you know, just looking at no, it. No, I, I agree with you there. He's not a bum. I just don't think he's worth um, max contract money. Um, yeah. But but I, I think I did hear 20 say that somebody else offered max dollars on him. So, I mean, I guess if you wanted to keep the investment of the player, he had to offer it because somebody else was going to do it. So, um, I guess it's something that he had to do. I, I just don't think that uh, the player, unfortunately, it, it was worth it. That's kind of where I was with um, with um, um, uh, God, the guy that I ended up trading to the Bucks um, um, with uh, Monte Ellis. I mean, I, I didn't think he was a max player, but I thought he would get max money. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't I didn't want to lose that value on my roster. So. Um, it used it as a trade chip to obviously bring in um, a player that uh, could be good for me in the future. Um, but we'll uh, enough of uh, the talk about the Jazz. We don't want to focus on them. Um, why don't we move on to the rest of the free agency? Um, any teams that you saw that clearly won or, or clearly lost in this free agency? Uh, you know, I think. In looking through it, I was trying to find some winners and some losers. I mean, obviously, I think for for Odin losing, you know, losing Williams for nothing is obviously, you know, you're going to walk away being a loser. 
in that scenario. But, you know, like I said, I just don't think that there was much in terms of high-end impact guys on the free agency this year that really anybody could have lost. I think there were a lot of guys that were replaceable in one way or another. Um, and obviously there was a lot of bigs that were signed. And then you saw a flurry of trades, you know, stupidly from myself, but also from others in terms of, of bigs flying around. So, you know, there wasn't a lot of money put into those and, and there wasn't really much in terms of wing or, you know, point guard players out there that were, you know, getting big dollars or big money or, or, you know, the risk of being lost by a guy and, and really throwing them back a, a year or two. So, you know, I don't really think there was any losers. You know, I think definitely the, the Spurs were a winner just for getting Williamson or Williams, because I do think he's a, he looks to be a pretty damn good player along with the the draft they had. I think that that one, two punch is, is a big win for them in the off season. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with your sentiments. I mean, I, obviously, um, from what I heard, I thought I think Odin tried to get a little bit cute with the contract to Marvin Williams, and that out opened the door for the Spurs to be able to steal him. Right. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think um, you also mentioned it earlier. I, I think this free agency was one of our weaker ones that we've had um, in recent years. Um, so um, obviously that didn't um, help too much into um, teams really strengthening or weakening themselves in this off season. Um, so I kind of agree with him that nobody clearly lost. I mean, if there is a loser, it really was Odin, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, losing Marvin Williams and getting nothing in return for it. I mean, that really, really stings. Um, so the, the, if there was a loser, it would probably be him. And the, the winner would obviously be the Spurs and being able to add that number two pick and pick and ball and, and add Marvin Williams to it. Um, you've got a nice, interesting team there now um, and we'll kind of see how they kind of look and they move in the future. Um, so we'll move on from I think, free agency. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think there was a couple things and 20s pointed out just a couple lower or some of the minimum contracts that were handed out and probably the biggest one was Julius Randle. You know, he's obviously still got a lot of value and only signed for a million and, you know, big name that was <laughs> overpaid for a lot of years with Dolph Shays. You know, he, he got a got a, a minimum contract there. So it's, like you said, just overall, it was just not much. When you, I even looking at the list right now, trying to come up with anything, you know, much winners and losers to talk about. You know, it's hard just looking at it to see because there's just well, no names that catch your eye. An interesting one to me, um, and a player that it kind of moved that was kind of interesting to me was was the, the Suns. Um, they added um, what they – I think they added um, – Pulling me up here, they added the Brown Artest, a nice defensive wing. Um, you mean to what they got going on there? You mean with Aldrich Hughes and uh, Harold Miner? Um, I found that to be really interesting um, in, in that signing. So I would kind of assume Artest is going to probably like play like kind of the backup two and three, um, and you're going to get some really good defense to go with that offensive punch of Miner and Hughes. Um, so that's a, I thought that was an interesting interesting signing out there um, with uh, with Ankley, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it was just a lot of little players um, kind of moving around. Um, nothing nothing like we've, we've seen in the past where um, kind of kind of kind of that would uh, make or break a team really. Um, right. Other than the Marvin Williams signing, I mean obviously. I mean, 
Um, but Spurs are still a little bit away. I, I think they're a couple seasons away from really being a contender out in the West. I think they could potentially, if they make some moves, be a playoff team. But I, I think they're destined to probably be um, probably I, I probably a five to seven pick in next year's uh, draft would be my assumption, um, if I had to guess. Um, Moving forward, obviously, we can't talk about any types of overreactions because we haven't had a sim yet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so why don't we move on to um, our next. So why don't we talk about um, what we are expecting for the season and kind of go into some of our predictions on uh, who are some of the pretenders and contenders. And obviously, um, we'll start with, the Eastern Conference, and I will go with the best conference last. We'll save the best for last. Um, Reigning champion conference. Yeah, obviously. Less better than East, Eric. Less better than East. That's right. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the with the, with the, the, the lesser conference right now, which is the Eastern Conference. Um, and uh, and we'll kind of go stick around with. Uh, I mean, I think the obvious ones, 76ers, I think we both can agree they're a contender. Um, any question with that? No. I mean, I think that that roster is a scary roster to look at. So I was surprised they lost last year in the playoffs, honestly. But, yeah, I mean, I 100% yeah. agree thinking that he's he is yeah, he, probably the team to beat in the East. Yeah, I mean, he was my pick to come out of the East last year, so um, – when uh, when he got upset, I, I was really really surprised with that. Um, but uh, I think the whole playoffs. I think I think um, the, the, the the Eastern Conference semifinals and the Eastern Conference finals. All three of those series all went seven games. I mean that's just that's just a meat grind. I mean um, yeah. I mean just intense battles. I mean um, a lot of good teams out there. So. Okay, so we both agree 76ers are a contender. Um, we'll stay in the uh, Atlantic division, and uh, we're going to move to the next team in the Atlantic, and we're going to talk about the New Jersey Nets. Um, contender or contender? I think, they, you know, just looking at the roster, obviously they made it to the finals last year, and, I don't, you know, I don't think they changed too much. Um so, I mean, I think you got to put them there. You know, I think this team is a strong team. They can finish in the top four, you know, in the playoffs uh, again. You know, and they've shown they can beat the beat the 76ers. You know, so uh, I think when you finish as a top seed, you know, top four seed in the playoffs, uh, I definitely think you can, and given the fact that you were there the previous year, I definitely think that they're a contender. I think they're, you know, in there. Obviously, they're, they're just a few few years removed from a title, you know, but even still, I think that, you know, that team can – can knock out anybody at any point, you know, with Oladipo and and and, and Lou. So, you know, I think they're a contender anytime they anytime they make it in the playoffs as the top four. Yeah, I, I agree with you. They're definitely a contending team. I mean, Anthony Davis and Tyrone Lou. I mean, those are two phenomenal young players. Um, Paul Gasol is a good big. Um, um, two really good defensive wings in in Oladipo and Wilkins. Um, and he's got some really good, interesting young players in, in uh, Julius Hodge, and um, 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 so we'll, we'll see how they it kind of, and uh, we'll see how it kind of develops for him. But yeah, I definitely agree with you that he is a contending team. Um, we'll move to the next 
team in the Atlantic Division. And, and why don't we talk a little bit about the New York Knicks? Um, Big Central over there. Huh? I said Big Central. Like seven yeah. bigs on the team, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, pretender or pretender for the Knicks? Uh, I'll, I think more – I would lean more so towards pretender than, than contender. But, you know, again, I think, you know, with the the three that they have, Butch Lee, Sam Jones, you know, and, and, and Jimmy Jackson now, I, yeah, I forgot that he got Jimmy. You know, I'll probably move them more so to contender. You know, I think if you get into a playoff series, again, you know, I think that's the big thing. If you can get in healthy, you know, you've got three guys that could put up 30, 30 a game and Jackson, Jones, and Lee. You know, I think that that's, that's a situation where they can beat anybody in any any series. So, you know, I think more so than ever, uh, I would probably put them in the contender status. I think they're right up there with the 76ers and Mets in terms of, you know, I think that would probably be my top three out of out of the East. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I like even more, is, uh, other than those three, is is that kid Gilchrist backing backing him up because he's a he's a nice um, he's a nice underrated wing that uh, that plays good defense, gets some blocks, and and plays really good defense. So um, having him um, basically play second fiddle to Jimmy and uh, Sam Jones, it's really nice. But it's it, I just don't know, I mean, just looking at how much he's paying um, over the next few seasons to Jones, Butch Lee, Jackson, and Gilchrist, I just don't know how he's going to fill out a roster of bigs. I mean, I, I think he's got some adequate bigs. I mean, Stephen Hunter, unfortunately, he's a guy that, shoots too much. I, I had him on my team for, for seasons and he's a guy that unfortunately just put up way too many freaking shots. And if he's going to be one of your key cogs, he's taking away shots from your, I mean, the people you want. And, right. Um, I mean, hopefully he's got these other defensive bigs will play defense and just not shoot and let his shooters shoot. But I, 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 I I think in the future he's going to have a problem, but for this season, I do agree with you that he's a contender with what he's put together. Uh, I just don't know if, um, and I'm going to be interested to watch if this is going to be sustainable, what he what he's put together um, with this team and, and the money that he's kind of laid out. I mean, because next season it's $17.5 million for Butch Lee, 21.875 for uh, – for Sam Jones, $22.9 million for Jimmy Jackson, $10 million for Gilchrist. Um, I mean, just between Definitely. those players alone, I mean, that's what, about, that's right around $70 million, if my math's right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's over $70 million. Um, I mean, tied into four players when you have to lock in 12 on your roster, I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, outside of that, you you really have to be bargain shopping um, to to fill I think out it's the a situation. I think it's a situation, especially this year, where I think he loaded up on top end talent and it, it just you know putting out you know what forty six, forty seven million dollars on three players, and you know then you add in Kid Gilchrist. So I think it's a situation where you're right. I think this year is probably going to be his best chance unless he makes a move or two in next off season. Um, 
you know, but he's, you know, and that, that was kind of why I said healthy. You know, I think he's definitely got to, Eric's definitely got to hope for a lot of health on his team to make sure nobody really goes out for an extended period of time, you know, because if so, that could, that could be a big detriment. And, and like you said, and that, you know, a lot of people had a lot of questions on my, my Randall trade, you know, that for me kind of was a big reason on why I made the trade was more so for next year. And, and Eric's kind of, you know, hoping I would assume probably for this year to make the break a breakthrough and then, you know, have to figure out, you know, like you said, <laughs> 10 million of cap space to fill out seven, six, seven spots and all your starting bigs is, is a dangerous formula to play with. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know if that's, um, if that's a formula um, for sustainable success. I mean, yes, I mean, he's able, he was able to do it this year and get adequate bigs, but. Right. You know, well, and again, I don't know how adequate they are. Um, he's going to be depending on um, the Stephen Hunter and a rundown uh, George Morrison and Julius Randall. Um, I mean, so I mean, Brendan Haywood, I, I think he's actually quality. Uh, I think he's actually pretty decent. Um, yeah, I liked I liked him. I think he it looked looks like a solid big. Yeah, so I, I just don't know. Um, and I'll be interested to see how he does it. I mean, he's one guy that, uh, I mean, if I, I think if, if it is somebody that can do it, I think it's Eric just because he's part robot and um, he can. Part. I mean, he can talk to the system and say, I mean, pull like a Jedi mind trick on the computer software and say, give me a good big. And the computer will say, okay, I'll give you a good big. I mean, um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that's my that's my only hesitation. But I do agree with you that yes, for this season, um, he is definitely a contender. I just don't know if it's going to be sustainable for the future um, with this. Right. Um, looking um, next on the uh, in that conference, we have um, almost a mixed bag of shit. Well, I shouldn't say that. We have the Washington Bullets. They're not a mixed bag of shit yet. Yeah, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to have had a strong preseason. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, pretender or contender for this uh, AARP uh, Washington Bullets team? Uh, I, I think you answered your own question. I think there's a, a lot of nice older pieces on that team, but I just think the age and – I just don't think I can't see them pulling through. You know, I think you know again. I, I think Kyrie was leading the league in in points per game in, in on the on the preseason. So maybe they still got a little bit left in the tank. But you know, their age and you know, it's it's hard to think and hard to see that they're a contender. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe uh, maybe. Uh, Maybe we can roll back time and some of these guys can find the fountain of youth and uh, get back to their form from a few seasons ago. But um, unfortunately, I, I would agree with you that they are a pretender. Um, you mean 37-year-old Kevin McHale, um, 36-year-old Kyrie Irving, even uh, Jesus Shuttles were 34 years old. Um, you mean that's your core, and, and uh, I mean they're all, they're 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 closer to filing social security than entering the league. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it's not a good recipe for success, unfortunately. Um, so I, I'm going to label them as a pretender. I mean, and I love 
I, I love their owner. Um, so um, hopefully he uh, blows it up after this season. He rebuilds and uh, has has great success. But he, he he's a really cool dude. Um, nice part is he's got yeah, falling off after this year. Yeah, so we have um, in the rest of the three teams of that conference, uh, I'll call them a mixed bag of shit. Um, we have the Celtics, the Heat, the Magic. Any thoughts about any of these three teams? No, uh, the Magic will be interesting just because, again, I, I think they'll be interesting more so just for their team and, and the Chris Paul and, and Shaq and you know, if there's anything they can get out of those guys. But other than that, you know, I think your your description of mixed bag of shit is probably pretty spot on. I don't really see any of them making a dent or, or even, you know, making a run for the playoffs. Is there even a Heat GM? Did we even get that settled? Um, the Heat, I know there was like a three-team swap. Been, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about it that um, what we might see happen is we might see uh, Lip and the Bulls move out to, like, uh, Miami, um, um, and then we might see, yeah, that, or or the Heat and uh, uh, or the Heat or Atlanta, and, and then we might see uh, um, we might see Banks come back to run uh, uh, run the Bulls. Um, I mean, I love. And just to reiterate, I because I, I kind of talked about this in chat. I I, I love Banks. Really big. For, I'm a really big fan of him, and I'm a friend of him. Talk to him uh, in text and in the forums quite a bit. Um, really get along well with him. I just don't like some of his antics of how he tries to stir shit. It's just not my style. I, I don't. I'm not a big confrontational person. I, I like to enjoy myself. I mean, I'm I'm kind of an older guy that I like to sit back, enjoy myself. I mean, talk sports. I mean, enjoy my geeky obsessions like stuff like this. It's kind of time wasters where I kind of take a break from, you know, I mean, being a dad and being um, uh, a business person and and have my own kind of little break from reality. Um, and I don't want to have to spend that time, I mean, listening to people argue and fight and bicker over stupid shit that doesn't mean anything. Right. Um, it's just not what I want to spend my time doing. Uh, I I've really liked and enjoyed, and others have conveyed that they wish there was more drama. I understand that, but it's just not me. I, mean, I, I like where we're at right now. I like that I go into chat and I can talk to people and not have, hey, fuck you, fuck face, and you're an asshole. <laughs> and, I mean, Jesus, I, I don't – I don't need to hear that shit. I mean, I just want to, I mean, come pop online, say, hey, how's your day? I mean, hey, talk about sports for a little bit. I mean, a little just about, you mean, our teams and this and that and, and move on. I mean, it's, I just don't want to, I mean, deal with, I mean, this unneeded drama that happens um, that, he, that he likes to do. I mean, um, but I, I love him as an individual. I mean, he's such a good guy, um, great father. Um, I mean, I see it on Facebook with this kid. I mean, he's such a good father. I mean, he's such a good guy. Um, but that's my only reservation with that. Um, so I'll get off my soapbox and get away from that. 
Um, that's just my two cents. But um, but uh, that's the talk about what might happen. Um, but we'll see. I mean, banks still have to accept. A lift has to agree to move. Um, so we'll kind of see what kind of happens with all of that. Um, but why don't we uh, move out of the uh, Atlantic Division and let's move to this uh, Central Division. Um, and we got a team here um, that I think we both can agree upon, uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, they were the two seed last season. I, I'm going to label them as a contender. Um, what do you think about the Milwaukee Bucks? Yeah, I'd have to... Uh... I have to agree with that. You know, they they've had a really nice season last year. Uh, I think they've improved the roster a little bit. You know, he's obviously got Bird, and then and then flipped them immediately over to you. You know, I think he what got who did you send him? Monte Ellis in that trade as well. So yeah, I sent him Monte Ellis and Boris Diaw, and he also picked up um, Justin Patton in the deal with the draft pick that I sent him. So yeah, I think Ellis is uh, a potential of a nice addition to the team, at least, you know, provide some depth for them. Um, you know, so I think that that's nice. And I just think overall, I think it's it's a solid roster. It's got a lot of depth, you know, so I think that's key. You know, a lot of guys that he can throw in there and, and, and still compete. So even if injuries kind of come and, and obviously, you know, there's, there's Danny Granger kind of, kind of leading the way for him. So, you know, it's, you know, I think it's a contender. Well, you know, I, I think don't 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 shell Rashad Rashad Lewis short. I mean, he's just as every bit as good as Danny Granger, if, if not better um, than uh, Danny Granger. I mean, um, um, I, I think his two wings there are, are phenomenal. I mean, two yeah. out, out tremendous defensive good wings. Um, I mean, two defensive out. wings that can score too. And I think yeah, that's, it, that's underrated that both of them can do it. Yeah, I mean, the real wild card is going to be what is he going to get from Montalos in the future? I mean, I, I, it, it, just me having Montalos, um, whenever I, – I didn't think he was going to end up being a point guard. Uh, but over time, his handles have become better. I mean, he's up to a B-plus handle. I still think he has turnover issues. Um, so he's going to have, to have to invest, I think, some points into his um, handles. But – He's still holding that A potential. Um, he's still a young player at only 23 years old. He could be a monster, and, I, and that's a player I might regret giving away. Um, um, and and I, I was actually, when I was having talks with um, Trophy, I was leaning towards where I wanted to give Henderson away before Monta Ellis. And, and he wanted Ellis. He didn't. Want, he wanted Ellis over Henderson. Um, I mean, in in Henderson, I think is a good player in his own right. Probably one of the top right. five, one of the top five point guards in the league. Um, so that's kind of where our negotiations went. Where he kind of more gravitated. Hey, I want Mata Ellis. Um, and I just, I didn't want to give him up. But I mean, I couldn't pass up. This is the right, the, the biggest weakness on my team. Um, in, in that deal, but uh, but I, I think Matalas is going to be an absolute stud for him. Um, if he invests some points into his handles, um, gets the turnovers down, um, he's still got that eight potential. Twenty three years old, I think he's going to be phenomenal for him. Um, probably one of the, I, I would probably say in the next couple of years, probably going to be the probably the top one of the top two to three point guards in the league in the next two three years. 
Um, add that in with his wings. Um, might get something out of Boris Diaw, even though he lost a little bit of potential and really didn't do much in the TC. Um, kind of a disappointing TC for Diaw, but Justin Patton, I mean, um, looks like he's going to be a phenomenal um, big for him. So he, he, there's lots of like there with the Bucks. So um, I, I'll definitely label them with you as a, as a contender. Um, we'll move on. God, this fucking Central Division. Um, I guess we'll, we'll move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, what do you think about this Cleveland Cavaliers team? Do you think they're uh, a pretender or a contender? I think they're a sneaky contender. I think they'll be underrated for most of the year, but, but I, I like the team that, that Sean has put together. Obviously, there's Epstein who's been, without question, an absolute steal for him. <laughs> and he had probably, not probably, I would say a career year last year in terms of the, the points per game, the the assists, everything that he put up is total. Uh, so then he, you know, has Alonzo Mourning and Nerlens Noel as is his two bigs uh, with, with, is that Sissy or Sis? I don't even know how to say that. But. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with Sis. Sis sounds like he's so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a roster that I really like. I mean, it's obviously easier and aided by the fact that Epstein continues to take sweetheart deals, so there's a lot of room. You know, and then you throw in a guy like uh, Mario Eli, who, you know, had kind of what a, a breakout year last year, shooting almost 45% oh, yeah. in 24, 25 points a game. So you figure if you can get that out of him again, maybe even a little bit more growth, you know, you match that up with, the points that Epstein could put up, the defense that Morning Noel and Sis could put up, you know, on the big men and add in, you know, hopefully another good season out of the 36-year-old search, you know, and you've got the makings of a pretty good team. So, you know, I like them. I mean, I I think I put them right there in that second tier of contenders in the East. You know, I, I, I kind of really like the makeup of this team. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, there's some things to really like with this team. Um, I, I mean, I, I, Epstein, obviously, a very, very good scorer. Uh, Mario Alley, um, I, I think, is a really good player. I mean, I actually had conversations with Sean the other day, and and um, it was a position where if he actually owned some of his future picks, uh, I might have been able to to, 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 to make, a, make a push at him. But uh, I think he's a really good shooting guard. Um, on a, on a really nice deal over the next two seasons. Uh, Sark, um, obviously, good player, and if he can uh, perform to what he's done in the past, it would be really good. But um, I'm going to lend, lend, lend to more to contender because I, I just don't think he's got the firepower to be able to contend with uh, the likes of what we saw in the Atlantic Division with the Knicks and with the Nets and with the 76ers or even, for the most part, of his own division, the box. I mean, I just don't think he's got the firepower to be able to play with those teams over a seven-game series. Um, so I, I'm going to lean more towards him being a contender, unfortunately. Um, pretender? I, I, yeah, a, a, a pretender. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm sorry, did I think it's not? I'm not a pretender. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's – I'm leaning more towards pretenders. I, I just don't think that um, – He's got the firepower. Uh, I, I really don't think that he can 
he, he can unfortunately play with any of those teams in a series. Um, he's he's really at best right now the fifth or sixth best team in the conference, um, and, and I don't think that's a that's going to be good enough to get it done, unfortunately, in the East this season. Um, so after them. I, I don't know if there's much to talk about in the Central Division. We have the Hawks. We have the Hornets. We have, well, I guess the Hornets uh, we can talk about a little bit here. They, they got some interesting pieces. Um, they got uh, Delaney Rudd, uh, who I think is an interesting point guard, um, that uh, is signed on a deal which, uh, I mean, average, I mean, 27.8 points last season, 29 the season before that. I mean, 10 assists a season, uh, two seasons ago, 7.5 last season. Um, interesting player. Um, then he's obviously he's got Vince Carter, which Vince Carter took some nice steps in this offseason with a nice uh, CC. Um, he's got Andrew Bogut, um, Charles Oakley, um, Dutless Schrempf, who actually um, took a nice TC as well. Um, what do you think about the Charlotte Hornets team there? Yeah, I, I kind of – I think it's a solid team. You know, I think that they're a potential playoff team without a doubt. You know, I think I'll go back to what, you know, your sentiment that you had about the Cavs. I kind of would, would reiterate with this team. I just don't think they have enough yet to really push them to, to have enough firepower in a, in a seven-game series against, you know, one of the top teams. So – Definitely a pretender. I think it's got the makings. You know, obviously Rudd's getting a little bit older, you know, but I think that they're a team that, you know, it's not going to be it's not going to be a bad team. It'll be a playoff team, but you're probably looking at a one-and-done type, type scenario for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think what's going to be really, really interesting with this team is the progression that, I mean, that Detlef Schrempf and Vince Carter make. Um, for this team, I mean, if if there are two players that, with what we saw, I mean, in in the uh, the increase in their scoring grades, if they become top-notch scorers, um, I mean, I think they're a team that might win a first-round matchup and a favorable matchup if there's an injury. Um, but ultimately, I, I don't think they're going to be able to go much farther than that. Uh, but the, they do have some good pieces that, especially Vince Carter, he's only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, really nice young piece. Um, Bogut, 25 years old. Um, thing that stings about Bogut is the sea potential. I mean, I don't know how much longer he's going to grow from where he's at right now. Um, but... I mean, he's got Delaney Rudd, who I think is an efficient scorer um, at the point guard spot. I mean, I don't think he's one of the better point guards in the league. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. 48% from the field, uh, 47% from three points. Um, very underrated, uh, maybe, is, is probably, um, now that I'm looking at um, his stats from last season, very, very underrated. Probably, um, probably a very very under the radar um, point guard, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. To, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, because obviously, I mean, 
I think he's got good pieces, but I, I think you're you're kind of spot on. Where I think he's in a situation like the Cavs, where they have pieces to make it interesting to get to the playoffs. I think they're going to be one. They're, they're obviously going to be one of the playoffs teams in the Eastern Conference. I just don't think they're going to be a team that's going to be able to contend in the Eastern Conference. So I'm going to I'm going to label them as a uh, pretender as well um, with you. Um, Outside of them, um, Atlanta Hawks, who are kind of, I mean, kind of without a leader. I mean, they're they're basically uh, just, I mean, I mean, just being kind of run on autopilot. Um, Chicago Bulls, uh, I, I think they're still a team that's rebuilding, um, and I don't think they have much to be excited about at the moment. <laughs> um, really didn't understand the, the Jonas trade. Um, Bobcats, obviously, um, they lost their best player. Um, um, and then we have the Indiana Pacers and the Toronto Raptors. Anything you see with any of these teams that we should be excited about, or, or is this just kind of like what we saw in the Atlantic, Atlantic Division, just, um, I mean, there's just another sack of shit that really – not going to amount to much. Uh, I would say the sack of shit part. No. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, I mean, there's really – I don't really think there's much in there. Like you said, I think the way you described – I think you said the, the Bulls are just unexciting. It's just not a very exciting. I think just Paul Pierce, you know, just from a player standpoint, is probably a guy that's going to be interesting here to watch over the course of this year. Um, he's on the last year of his rookie deal. You know, he's put up shooting career-wise close to 47%. 24 well, which points. team is he on? He is on the Hawks. The Hawks, all right. Okay. So, you know, putting up nine boards a game, you know, last year, you know, at one point, one and a half blocks. So, you know, I think if anything out of those teams, you know, just kind of seeing where it will be next year with, with terms of free agency, you know, so he's a guy to keep an eye on. So, really, to me, I think that's kind of one of the, you know, just picking one or two guys on each of those teams that you may keep an eye on for, uh, for a situation next year where, you know, maybe one of them's coming up for free agency, but, you know, Paul Pierce is the biggest one. But other than that, I would say there's really not much not much else for them. So, Yeah, you I mean, Atlanta Hawks last season, they were a team to me. That confused the living fuck out of me. Um, my worst two offensive performances last season, and I thought I had a, a, a pretty good, efficient uh, offensive team. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, they held me to my two lowest point totals last season in my two matchups with the Atlanta Hawks. They held me to like 69 and like 74 points in my two matchups. Um, I, I just didn't understand it. Um, obviously, he lost some of those defensive wings that he had that kind of frustrated my players. Um, he lost to some of those bigs with Amir Johnson um, just by him being an autopilot and not really paying attention to his team. Um, so I, I definitely agree that I mean Paul Pierce is an interesting player to see what happens to him in free agency because right. just like Amir Johnson, um, I think he's going to go elsewhere next season just because the team is kind of directionless right now and not um, having somebody really looking after the team's best interest because uh, Amir Johnson shouldn't shouldn't have left the team. Um, he was a, he was a pretty decent good asset that's young. Um, I forgot who got Amir Johnson or on what deal. Might have been the Rockets, maybe. Mm, um, let's see here. 
think it was a I, – I, yeah, Rockets got Amir Johnson, which I think he's a really good young defensive big player. So I think he's going to be um, pretty good for some time where um, they picked him up on a deal. Um, and I think it's like a one-year deal at $5 million. Um, so, um, so yeah, I mean, the rest of the teams in the division, I, I just don't think – I mean, obviously the only team that I think has a direction – of those teams that we, we discussed are the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors right. know they want to fucking be bad. I mean, Pete knows what the fuck he's doing. I mean, he knows that, I mean, <laughs> my goal is to be a fucking horseshit team, collect players, and in a few seasons, guess what playoffs, I'm back. Um, I mean, that's his goal. And, and that's the only team of these teams I see have a direction. Um, so I, I agree with you, the rest of them are pretenders. Um, now we're going to go to a division that's uh, um, interesting, well, interesting to me at least, um, which is the Midwest, which last season um, was led by the Utah Jazz. Um, I think we both can, I, well, I, I obviously have, I mean, beer goggle eyes to the team, but what do you think of the Jazz team? Uh, I think obviously it was, it was a strong year last year. Uh, I think you know, was, I think, a move in the right direction for you in terms of, you know, giving you maybe the, the kick in the ass to go out and be more of a buyer this off season. And I definitely think you did that. I think adding the caliber of player that Larry Bird is to match up with, with Gerald Henderson is, is huge. You know, probably one of the teams that I most am concerned about, you know, in the West, just from my own perspective, you know, and then you also, you know, continue to have, you know, Benowitz had a, had another strong year, you know, looking at it, 14 and a half rebounds a game, shot 46%, put it up close to 20, 3.6 blocks per game. You know, so that's, that's a good little, it's a good little inside, uh, it's a good little group to have, a nice little pairing there. So I, I really like your roster. Uh, I think, you know, you got Gilbert Cheney there for a little bit of depth, you know, some other guys, but I think the move for Larry Bird is, is going to work in spades for you, and I think you're going to be right there in the top, you know, one to two to three in terms of, of the playoffs this year. so. Well, I, I, I hopefully will see that. And, and, uh, and I'm, what I really, really hope is that um, we pair up in the finals against a certain team out in the, in the uh, Pacific Conference that we'll, I'm sure, get on to with a little bit of a talk later on. Um, but, uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, adding Larry Bird was, was, was huge for me. Um, I mean, I, I think my big rotation of Benjamin, Eaton, West, and Diop are, are solid. Um, I think uh, Bonzi Wells is going to do what I want him to do, which is rebound and defend at the shooting guard. And then, I mean, Gerald Henderson and, and Larry Bird are, I mean, are hopefully going to score for me. Um, but um, we'll move on to the next team in the Western in the West in the Western uh, Midwest Conference. Um, that we'll talk about, um, and, and that's team that we can, I kind of mentioned a little bit with some of their free agent acquisitions, which are the Houston Rockets. Um, do you think the Houston, um, with their all their one year acquisitions, do you think they're a pretender or a contender right now? I just, I'm probably leaning more towards pretender. Uh, I think 
just kind of looking over their roster, I, you know, they've got I see they've got Houston, uh, you know, but I just don't see I just don't think there's enough firepower to keep up with, you know, both a Larry Bird led, you know, Larry Bird and Henderson or Harrison led Jazz and and Arenas and Baylor Portland. So I think, you know, I would lean more towards the pretender side. I think they could be a tough out in the playoffs, definitely. You know, but I, oh. I don't think they have quite enough to to make the run. Quite and, and Magic, I'm being told in the chat that uh, there is a illegal DC scandal with a team in Portland um, that needs to be corrected, so we can maybe get that sim that we're yearning for. I know. Hang on, I forgot the fucking. So you, you you might want to look at that, and as you're doing that, I'll give my two cents on the Houston team. Um, I really going to kind of lean away from you and say that this Houston team is more of a contender than a pretender. I, I think Dennis Schroeder, uh, he's getting up there in age, but I still think he's a, he's a very good quality point guard. Um, he's got good depth behind him with Maxwell Horry. Um, Allen Houston, I think is a really, really good scorer. Covington, outstanding defender to go with, uh, Mike Farmer, um, that he's going to have good defensive wings. You add in Amir Johnson, who he added, added in uh, in uh, free agency, who I think is was a really, really good pickup for him. Uh, who was that? With Joel, excuse me? Who was that? I said Amir Johnson. He added Amir Johnson with Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid is still, a, I mean, one of the best bigs in the league. Um, Amir Johnson, and he also added Lauren Woods, who is uh, was it was a jazzer on two different occasions, um, which he's another good quality big. He added Charlie Tyra um, from Boston, who's another good quality big. So he he's loaded on good quality young bigs with two really good defensive wings in Covington and Farmer, um, and then he's got a good scoring with Allen Houston and Schroeder. I, I do agree with you that I, I don't think the um, offensive punch is going to be there, but you also run into the possibility, can his defense slow down some of the offenses of the Jazz and, and the uh, Portland Trailblazers? Um, probably what I would do as the top two teams in the West, if that defense can slow those teams down, he's got the potential to do that. I think for a game or two, but I think in a seven-game series, I think the, the one-two punch that the, both their teams had would probably be too much to overcome that. Because you just you got to figure there's going to be a couple games where they're going to where our top guys are going to go off, and you know you need the scores to kind of keep up in those games, and it's 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 hard to say that you know I agree. I think it could probably be pushed to a five-six seven-game series, you know, but anything more than that, that's that's. More so to me, what what I'm judging kind of them on a pretender status is I just don't see them being able to win a seven game series if it's you know even if it's a low scoring affair you've got known quantities and scores that can go out there and get your points. Yeah, I mean I understand what you're saying. I just think that I mean if they can steal two games in the postseason on their defense, um, I mean that's putting that's putting the series to a six game. I mean, that's dangerous territory. I mean, um, I, I do agree with you. I don't think they have the offensive firepower to stay with um, stay with um, the Portland or Utah, but I, I think they have enough to be a contender. I mean, I, I think that 
I mean, they have enough players where I think, and he's got enough ammunition that he can go out and make an addition. Um, but I, I think that what um, he's trying to do, what uh, W2D Work to Done is trying to do, is is that what I think he's trying to do is he's, he wants to eventually blow this up, and he, I think he wants to rebuild, and that's why he's kind of going on these one-year deals because. Um, you look at the, you look at the next year, and he's only going to have eleven million dollars in committed salary cap. Um, so I, I think he's going to be able to eventually I mean, do a lot of different things that he wants to do with this roster. So, but for right now, I think that he definitely has mm. a team that I think can contend uh, just based off of the defense. But. Um, We'll move on to the next team in the Midwest, um, which is going to be the, uh, uh, we'll go with the OKC, um, Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they have Sleepy Floyd and Jason Williams at point guard. Um, Jason Richardson at shooting guard. Antoine Jameson, who really, really came to his own last season at small forward. Um, Tyson Chandler, um, who I think is a really nice defensive big. Um, what do you think about this uh, this Oklahoma City team? I think it's a a nice collection of talent. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we've been saying. I just don't know if there's enough punch there. You know, I think that yeah, Jameson had a, had a nice year. You, you got to hope that growth continues. You know, Sleepy had a had an okay year, you know. I think he 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 wasn't too bad. Did get starter minutes, you know. That's a big contract to have on a guy that you know only played in forty seven games for you. So that's you know a little bit rough. Or wait, he split time. No, he didn't. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just don't see you know where the big punch is going to come from. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the the biggest thing to look at. But it's interesting what GBG is going to do with this team kind of moving forward. You know, I think that there's there's a little bit of a lack of, of star power on it. So you, you wonder if, uh, you know, if you can remedy that and get, you know, get someone or some something in there to try and do that. Is this year maybe he kind of starts selling off or is this year where he kind of goes into next offseason trying to make some big acquisitions? Well, I mean, the big thing for him is that he, the Sleepy Floyd's contract is going to come up at the end of the yep. season. Um, so he's going to lose that money. Because um, I, I don't think that he's going to look to bring Sleepy Floyd back. Because um, I think that he's going to probably – he's also a Jason Williams contract that's coming up. And and, and I think he's going to probably want to pay um, Jason Williams, who I think has some really, really nice future potential. Uh, and, and, and I think he's rather going to, he's rather going to want to pay him than – than pay uh, Sleepy Floyd. So, um, I mean, outside of that, you know. He's going to be. That'll, I think that'll uh, be an interesting. I think that he'll be probably one of the bigger storylines to kind of watch this year in terms of players on a, on a non-contending team is Jason Williams to kind of see what he does with another year starting as the point guard and for them. And, you know, obviously he's going to have a decision to make and what type of a contract, you know, is this going to be a – a well, you also have Antoine like, Jameson that's going to be a free agent on this team as well. You know, right. Another, I mean, Antoine Jameson last season, uh, 47% from the field, um, 31% from three, um, didn't put up a high-volume three-point shot, 
um, and then scored 27.8 points per game. I mean, he really took a step last season to be, I mean, a really good player. I mean, he rebounded um, 8.6 rebounds per game, um, one and a half steals, really didn't block the shots that you'd want to see, um, 0.3. But still, I mean, with that scoring, that efficiency, um, decent rebounding, I mean, he's a player that, They'll probably have to invest money into as well. I wouldn't. I, I would think going into it that he's probably going to have the if he wants to bring um, Jason Williams and Antoine James to back. It's probably going to be two max contracts. Yep. So um, I just don't see outside of that. I mean, um, he's, he's going to have to get creative because right now, I mean, those two players alone, I, I don't think are are going to break him into. A top end playoff contender. I I I would I would agree with you that he's probably leaning more towards being a uh, a pretender right now than a contender, unfortunately. Um, in the Midwest Division, we also have I think a few other teams that um, actually we'll, we'll we'll talk about one other we'll talk about uh, let's talk a little bit about the Minnesota Timberwolves because they they have uh, some interesting players. They got Damian Lillard. They signed last year in free agency. They have obviously the number one player in last year's rookie ladder, Kirk Heinrich. Um, interesting young um, player in Dwayne Wade. Um, John Wong, who is very, very underrated. Um, Eddie Curry, um, great contract at uh, in the in the middle position. Luke Walton, who I think is being misplayed. I. I think Luke Walton is probably better served as a small forward than a power forward, um, but still putting up good efficiency from the power forward spot. Um, what do you What do you think about this uh, this uh, Minnesota Timberwolves team? I think it's a team on the rise. I think they had a little bit of a well, they were ten, twelve games over five hundred last year. So, you know, I think Wade is the big factor in this. I think if he can take a jump you know, from, let's say, you know, the 19 points a game, maybe up to 24, 25, you know, Lillard keeps up his scoring, you know, then you've got, you know, then you still got Long on there as well that can put up close to it. So I, I think it's an emerging team. You know, it's definitely, you know, a team that's put together with uh, kind of the similar ages and, and a nice structure. So I think it's just, you know, how much of a jump Wade can make, you know, and capitalizing on that, on that rookie contract. And, and making, you know, hoping that Eddie Curry still has a good year and, and Walton has another, you know, efficient, strong year. I think they're a team on the rise. I definitely think they could be the type of team that can get into the playoffs as maybe like a 5-6 seed uh, and then, you know, would be a tough out. You know, it wouldn't be a team that I would prefer to play in the first round, that's for sure. Especially, well, if, you know, when you got... It looks like ahead. we actually have uh, somebody that finally joined us. Uh, Della, what up? What up? You doing, in the house. Doing well, man. How are y'all doing? doing? We're doing great, buddy. Um, kind of missed you for a bit, but uh, hey, you know, we were we were just partying and the Magic were winning, so you know, <laughs> but it, they they actually played like an NBA team tonight, so it was pretty interesting. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, but yeah, right right now we're 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 talking. We're on the Western Conference, which obviously is. is you're a huge, huge part of out there in the Western Conference, and we're kind of talking about our the Midwest, and we're kind of moving along the divisions just to kind of get you, 
kind of caught up to where we're at, and we've kind of gone through sure. most of the Midwest. Um, awesome. I love I love the way Minnesota looks. I was going to throw that in. That their their guards and wings, I think, are are, are super strong. Um, as, as long as and I, I heard Sean just say this. I mean, if Curry and Walton stay healthy and contribute, they're they're going to be a tough yeah. out because they can score Magic. the ball for sure. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I agree with it. I mean, um, I, I think I think this team is, is leaning more towards a contender than a pretender just because of the depth that they have with Damian Lillard. I think he's a, a very underrated, good scoring part, kind of point guard. Um, they got good depth behind them. Um, uh, I, I, I don't think Kirk Heinrich is the number one player on the number one ladder last season. Um, sorry, sorry, Eric, but I mean you're, I mean per thirty six, you're going a little bit overboard on that evaluation. I love you to death, but please, I mean, I mean, put the fucking hash pipe down. Um, John Long, I think, is a phenomenal wing. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like with this team. It's really going to be interesting. I really think that um, he would be best to play Luke Walton at small forward, John Long at the shooting guard, um, find a better power forward spot, and a big to play that power forward spot, and then I mean, play Wade as a backup. I mean, if he did something like that, I think this team could be a contender and could be awfully scary to play in the playoffs. But I'm going to agree that until they make these moves, they are uh, a pretender, unfortunately. Um, Moving on in the Midwest division, team that I think probably had the best rookie in last year's ladder, which was number two on the ladder, which is uh, LeBron (laughs) James. Um, obviously they added Malik Monk, um, who I thought had a little bit of a disappointing uh, TC. Um, I think he's a little bit betweener as well. I, I don't think he's a point guard. I really don't think he's a shooting guard. So we'll kind of see how that works for him. Um, I'm going to push this off first to uh, Della to get his thoughts. So what do you think about this team over here uh, with the Kansas City Kings? Do you think they're more of a Contender, pretender, what do you think their future outlook looks like? I mean, they're definitely not a contender this year, um, and I don't think that he has any intentions of being a contender this year given given his, his cap situation and who he's gone after. Um, but the, the pieces are all there. The pieces are all there that within a, within a season, he, he can absolutely be contending for the Western Conference. Uh, I really like Chandler Chandler at center. Um, and if you can get him to re-sign on a good on a good deal next year, um, that is reasonable cap-wise, um, he's still in position that he could go after possibly two max type players. Um, definitely one that, that he could if he makes the moves, he can get two max players in there, um, and and he can he can make the moves. And so I, I like Monk, as you said, the, the his uh, his uh, training camp wasn't great. Uh, but he's, he's a good player, and, and LeBron is LeBron, and I think we're going to keep seeing huge jumps out of him in the next couple of years because I don't think that 20s did anything to bust him. Um, I would like to make Jermichael Green a lot. Um, he has a good team, but it's going to be a future team, not a this-year team. There's just not enough there, especially at the, the point guard and shooting guard positions to really contend. Okay. Um, what do you think about this team? Uh, we'll, we'll shoot this over to Magic now. What, what do you think about this team? Yeah, I think I 
agree with a lot of what Dalet said. Um, I think they're they're a little bit a ways away. I, I mean, Are I think. Are you saying that right? By the way, is it Dalap or Dalap? Dalap. 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 Yeah, there you go. Okay, just didn't want to keep butchering your. Oh, name. you're good. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. Go ahead, buddy. Um, no, and I, I think probably the biggest thing that they're they're missing currently is, is just a, a, a top-tier point guard. So I think this team along – and I know we're going to get to them here in a minute, but I think this team along with the Spurs is probably the two most interesting teams to watch just for different reasons. I obviously think that watching LeBron single-handedly possibly, you know, carry the Kings, uh, you know, away from a high draft pick is going to be enjoyable and funny to do and just seeing how much of a monster he is in the second year. So – you know, that's that to me. But I, I think they are. I think there's no doubt that they've got a nice little base built up. And I think if they can add here in the next year or two, you know, whether it's trade, pick, or, um, or free agency, you know, add a top-tier level point guard to grow with James, I think this is an extremely scary team, you know, in, in, in two to three years. So. Yeah, I, I agree with both of your sentiments on, on them. Um, so we'll talk about the Spurs now. Um, Spurs, obviously, second pick got Lonzo Ball, um, as we as we talked about earlier, and uh, the lap uh, wasn't here. Um, Lonzo Ball, I, I think, is an absolute stud. I, I think he's going to be yes. uh, a future phenomenal player in the, in this league. Um, they added Marvin added Marvin Williams. They stole him away from. Uh, uh, they stole him away from, as we talked about, from uh, Odin um, and uh, the Bobcats. Um, then they got. Some interesting bigs with uh, Jared Allen, who's a rookie, um, Audie Norris, who better than his grades would give him credit for. He's actually a pretty good defensive big. Um, Isaiah um, Hardenstein, who is a rookie that they added. Um, I, I don't think they have the depth, but I, I, I think that there's a lot of interesting pieces, and I think this is a team that's going to be a contender probably in – I would say three seasons, two seasons maybe if they have good growth. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Magic first. Magic, what do you think on this team? Yeah, I mean, I think they're a bit of ways away, but, uh, you know, we, we talked extensively about the draft and ball, but I think he's going to be fascinating to watch. And I think to have, you know, th- this reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, my early team when I had Baylor, you know, who was, who was a stud very similar to what Williams can do. And I brought in Arenas, who appears, you know, the ball could be on the same level as Arenas. So to watch them two kind of grow up here, so to speak, over the next one, two, three, three seasons, especially this upcoming season, to see what you really have in ball and how much of a monster he's going to be, I think is going to be enjoyable to watch and, and check out. You know, obviously they're not a contender, but it's but it looks like a fun team that's going to be, you know, worth checking the box scores every now and then to see kind of how those guys are doing. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's move on now and we'll move on away from, oh, I'm sorry, Della, what are your thoughts on the Spurs? I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, I mean, I think, I think they're going to be, uh, they're going to be bottom five, six, but not because of, of future talent. As y'all said, y'all been saying, and, and I, I'll hype him just some more. I thought ball was a clear one, one pick in this last draft and I wasn't sure kind of what everybody else was seeing with Fultz. With, with I, mean, I think Fultz is good, but, I mean, I thought Ball, for the Sim League at least, is, is a dream point guard. He has that size, he has the outside shot, and he has the handles that you knew he was gonna, he was just going to be an elite scorer uh, in the league. So, I mean, that's going to be great going forward. I, 
I'm not as, you know, bullish on some of their bigs going forward, but, you know, they have a ton of flexibility. Marvin Williams is a great wing that he's got locked up for six years. And I think it's, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I just wanted to throw out that the, the, the sim happened. So we got sim one posted. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And what, what my thought was, we'll, we'll finish up on the Pacific, and then we'll, uh, um, as we're kind of talking about the Pacific, maybe we could kind of look at some of the sim one and then, Go to our reactions and talk a Perfect. little bit about what we what we saw in the sim one and what what our feelings are. Um, so why don't we finish with uh, the Pacific, which is very very close to my two co-hosts tonight. You I mean this is a division <laughs> that we're saving the but kind of the best for last. You I mean kind of the champ is here. Is uh, I think the sentiments of Muhammad Ali uh, was yelling when he uh, went to go face George Foreman. Um, in a rumble in the jungle. Um, but Portland Trailblazers, um, last year's champion, um, brought back Hardaway, brought back Long, um, Gilbert Arenas, Baylor, I feel are probably one of, probably the best one-two punch in, in, in Sim League. Um, made a lot of movement with their bigs, which I didn't understand too much of. Um, but I'm going to throw this over to Delop. Uh, Delop, I mean, I, I think they're the favorites to repeat as champ. Um, not just trying to throw it out the magic here while he's here, but I'm saying I think they're the favorites. Um, and for good reason. I think LaSalle Thompson is a great center. I mean, with his bigs, I think he ended up at about, you know, the same level of talent, shuffling around, but they're still really, really good. Um, and any team that's thrown out Baylor or Venus, is great, and then Monk and Hardaway are the most overqualified, you know, fourth, fifth men uh, in in our league. Um, there's a lot of depth there, you know. It's short of, you know, the injuries that plagued him two, three seasons ago, there I don't see any reason that he won't have the best record in the West going forward. Okay, um, Magic, what's your feelings on your team? I'll, I'll give you the podium to talk about your team here for for a few minutes. I mean, I, I like them. I like them as, as well as I've liked any team that I've had. You know, obviously there was, as you guys mentioned, a lot of shuffling with my – I mean, bringing – it's nice Lonk has been re-signing on a $1 million contract for three straight years now. So a guy of his caliber that can put up 20 points a game on, on a, an extremely efficient shooting is nice. And, and I just went after Hardaway, you know, with a what I felt to be an extremely competitive two-year $12 million. You know, I, I had to cap space and – you know, I got everything aligned where basically everybody's kind of falling off here after next year and I can have a lot of flexibility. And that that really, at the end of the day, was what drove my decision to get rid of Noel. You know, he used $12 million. You know, I'd have, go, I'd have been going into next year with, I think, 75, you know, $74, 75000000 million committed to, to six, seven, eight guys, you know, with, with not a lot of depth. So for me, you know, I saw an opportunity to get LaSalle and, you know, obviously he was a center on, you know, a dynasty team in the Celtics, so you know that he's a good enough player to get it done inside. You know, brought back Jurkic and, and Caleb. Um, you know, so I felt that, to me, it was just important to keep the, the core of my guys, of my top, you know, four guys together, and then kind of mix and match with LaSalle and the bigs, and I felt that that would be enough to kind of get me over there. Um, you know, just, again, just wanting to hope for and, and make sure that uh, – you know, that I that I have the health, you know, if my guys can stay healthy. I like my team going up against anyone, you know, but obviously I got Borat on a on a mid level exception. He's he's quite older, but 
you know, looks like he's still got a little bit left in the tank as kind of an insurance policy in case something does happen to one of my big guys. Yeah. Um, my opinion, I, I definitely think you're a contender, obviously. I mean, you, you don't win the championship and come back the next season without losing pieces or, or seeing pieces diminish dramatically without being still a contender. So I, I'm definitely going to label you as a contender. I mean, I, as I said, you got the best one-two punch in Arenas and, and Baylor. Um, um, and and uh, I, 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 those two guys alone should carry your team. The, the only area that I'm a little bit concerned about is your small forward spot where you're playing Hardaway. Um, I mean, Hardaway did I mean, diminish a little bit um, in this past offseason. So I, I, I don't know how efficient he's going to be for you or, or how – good defensively he's going to be um, if he has to go up against a, like a, a Larry Bird um, in, a, in a finals. Um, I, I don't think that's a great matchup for you. Um, uh, the bigs, you mean, I, I, I didn't know. You mean, I, I, you, I, I liked when you added um, um, – uh, what's his face on that on that deal that the big that you eventually moved for Spud Webb, um, and then you gave Spud Webb away. I mean, a lot of moving parts where you traded kind of pieces, and I I, I didn't get it too much. Um, I think you would have been a much better team if you would have kept Noel with LaSalle Thompson as your starting two bigs. I think that would have been um, really dynamic uh, for you to have, um, but. Still, good team, contender. Um, um, one of the probably two, three, but probably one of the best. I would probably put you still as the best team in the West uh, over Utah uh, slightly um, just because you have the best one-two punch. Um, so I, I would still give you the top notch in the West. But while we move around in the Pacific Conference and um, while we talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns, obviously, we talked about earlier in the podcast about them signing Ron Artest, um, who I think is going to play the, the wing kind of uh, behind Minor and Hughes. Um, they got Pat Lever as, as the point guard, um, um, Sean Bradley and Mikan and Hardnett, um, uh, Terrence Jones. Obviously, they got some pretty decent, good bigs um, that, that are going to play some good defense. Um, Sean, uh, I'm going to throw this over to uh, Magic first. Magic, what do you th- what do you think of the Suns team? Yeah, I think they're kind of the, the team they've been for the last couple of years. You know, kind of the always the bridesmaid, never the brides, or never the bride. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's a solid team. I think you know, when push comes to shove, they could probably knock anybody out of the playoffs in a given series. You know, and that's always the scary part. I mean, I've I've unfortunately experienced that. So. You know, with with the guys they have, you know, is it enough to push them over the edge? You know, I think with with what you've done, you know, with getting Larry Bird and and what you know the, the Blazers bring back, you know, I still think that there's probably enough firepower. You know, but I, I could I could see them making a run. I, I I could see Phoenix making a run to the finals. You know, I, I think winning the finals is kind of what you know. I guess I just could see it at hard pressure and actually pull it off and go the full you know for the full title, but. You know, like I said, I think they're a dangerous team. When they get in the playoffs, they could beat anybody um, in the West. You know, if anybody has a bad shooting game or, or you know, if Rod Artest can disrupt the offense enough, you know, when he gets in the game. So, but 
you know, I would lean more towards, I guess, pretender, you know, but in the terms of, you know, ending one of our seasons prematurely, I, I could very easily see them, you know, contending to do that. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw this over to uh, Delap. What do you, what do you think here? What, do you, do you, are you going to label them as a pretender or a contending team? I mean, I, I put them solidly third in the Pacific, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to be competing for a crown necessarily. Um, I think I think Mikan was a great pickup to replace Mystic Stone. Um, he's going to give him as much shot blocking. He won't probably rebound as much as Mystic, but you know he, he he's a good he's a good pickup there. I think the, the, their biggest issue is that I think Fat Weaver's just on the downslope of his career. He's gotten a little bit worse each of the last few years, and even though you know he's got Alrida Hughes and Harold Miner who have been keeping that scoring up, Weaver's just been hurting him enough that I don't think he can – he couldn't – I can see him winning a first-round playoff series as maybe a four or a five seed, maybe even as the six, but but not getting in – not going past that second round. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I kind of I kinda see what you guys are saying. I mean, I, I, I think this team, though, um, has some scary potential uh, with matchups. Um, I think they're a team that can match up defense and offensive firepower. I think Harold Miner, um, one of the best scorers, if, if not the best scorer in, in the league. Um, Aldrich Hughes, very, very underrated player that scores very efficiently and very well. Fat Lever, still getting up there in age, um, but still a player that is an efficient scorer. Um, I, I definitely don't think they're um, uh, in the top two in the West, but I think they're right there solidly at three. Um, and I think that they still are a contending team based off of what they have and what they've added. Uh, I think Ron Artest and himself, I think, is going to be a nice addition where he's going to play that um, defensive wing for him, um, get a few blocks a game, and, and, uh, and add a nice defensive presence to his roster. Um, to make up for what he might not be getting elsewhere, um, so I, I, I think that uh, I, I still I, I think they're going to be contender, uh, and I'm not so quick to label them as a pretender. Um, but we'll move uh, forward off of the Suns, and we're going to discuss a team that uh, is obviously on the podcast right now with the Seattle uh, SuperSonics. Um, they have. Um, Prince at their point guard, which um, probably one had one of the better seasons last year at the point guard position. He, he was probably could have been a, I mean, a write-in MVP candidate uh, based off of his scoring efficiencies and and his assist total and, and everything. I mean, he definitely played his way um, up there to the upper echelon of point guards. And James Worthy. Um, uh, Roger Fegley, who, who's a really good defensive wing, Jackie Robinson, um, um, My, Myers Leonard, who you really don't want to sleep on. He's actually a pretty good big. Um, I'm going to throw this out to Magic first, and then I'll uh, give the platform to Delop to talk about his team and what he envisions this season. Magic, what, what do you think of that about the Sonics team? Nah, I think they're pretenders. I think they're trash. There's no one on the team that's good. <laughs> Rumors out of the – rumor mill has it that Prince Rogers Nelson is going to demand a trade midseason. But, <laughs> um, no, it's a solid team. I think 
a big key for them. You know, obviously he did a pretty good job, I think, is getting Fledgley to be more efficient this year. You know, obviously he's he's getting paid a lot of money and, you know, shooting, you know, 41, 42% is, is not going to get it done. Um, so I think if he can get get that up to, you know, 44, 45%, get a little bit more efficient, you know, mix in with obviously what Prince can do. You know, I think that's that's a heck of a heck of a team to have, and and really, you know, along with James Worthy, could be could be a, a dangerous team. So I think they're right there on the echelon. I think if, like I said, I think if they could be a contender if if Fledgley can just take that next step and, and get a little bit more efficient. Okay, Dellop, uh here's your podium. What do you think on your team this season? Are you a pretender, contender? Do you, what what move do you think you need to make on your team? If you if you don't think you're a contender, uh, I, I mean I think we're there. Uh, I think whether 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 true or not, I think we we came as close to to beating the Blazers as anyone. We were up three one in, in the playoffs and, and blew that three one lead. Um, so you know the, the team is there. The team can do what they need to do. It's just a matter of execution. As I, I agree, Fegley needs to get his efficiencies up. I need to avoid injuries. I think Myers Leonard has gotten a lot better over the last two years, um, and I'm excited that I have him starting now, and we'll see what he can do with the full season of starting because he didn't even start all last year and see what kind of numbers he can put up. Um, yeah, I really I, like I, him player for you. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I like where we are. Um, we're, we're, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, the first sim went well. I lost Prince for four games and still, you know, went three and one in those games. But, um, Nate Robinson looks like he could he can step in when needed apparently, and I have him locked up for a long time on a very cheap contract. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I, I like what we got. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely like a lot of your a lot of the stuff that you have on your team to, to give my two cents. I think Prince I think Prince is, is as I as I opened to talking about your team. I think he's um, a really, really good point guard that's probably playing his way into one of probably the one of the top three, the four point guards in the league. Um, Worthy, I think, is a very, very good wing that you have. Um, I, I'm just not sold on what you have at shooting guard, and I think that's unfortunately where you need to make a move. And I think that Fegley contract is going to kind of hamstring you a little bit. I mean. Um, he did shoot efficiently, uh, and I'm looking at the numbers in the first hand, but obviously we don't want to get too much into the over Right, right. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to make a bold claim. If Begley shoots 72% from three for the entire season, <laughs> I'm going to be okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, if Begley shoots 72% from three, you're going to be okay. And then 50 <laughs> I mean, and then, and then can – can steal uh, one steal one ball a game and block a ball a game. I mean, yeah, you're you're going to be okay with that type of production, but uh, I just don't know if you're consistently going to get that. We'll we'll have to see, um, but uh, we'll get into over some one overreactions later on. But but that would be my area of concern with your team. I, I think you're good elsewhere. I really like your bigs and Myers Leonard, which we discussed, which um, and, and Eddie Griffin. Um, I'm not completely sure about what you have behind them, and I think that's something you might have to try to figure out. You mean a third big um, on your yeah. team and in, in, in what you have there? Um, I think Krebby just 
he does a lot of things well, but I think he just shoots way too much. Yeah, um, and I, I I tried to move him at one point this off season and and had a had a deal in place if another deal fell through for a guy, but it ended up going through. So, so I yeah. I was stuck with Creeb and uh, so uh, yeah, so that's what it is right now. Yeah, so that, that that's the two things that I would look at is is you trying to make uh, a deal at the shooting guard spot and in the power and in the third big and. If you can do swing something, then I think you got something really, really good there. Because I, I really like your uh, your combination of Prince and, and Worthy uh, with Myers, Leonard, and Eddie Griffin. I, I think that's a really good four people in your rotation, um, in your starting lineup, I should say. Um, you just need to find, I think, I, and again, I, 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 Fegley, he's done in the past where he's been really good defensively and, and been efficient, so... He's very capable of doing that. I, I just don't know if we're going to get this um, But I, I, I think that you have enough there to take any of the top to the brink, so I will label you as a contender. Um, we'll move on to the next team in the Pacific, uh, which will be – we'll talk about the Golden State Warriors. Um, Brian Newell, a point guard. <laughs> Joe Johnson, John Jenkins, Xavier McDaniel, Sergey Karsev, which Sergey is still um, a really, really good player, which hopefully Taco is playing him at shooting guard and not at small forward um, to make the most use of him. And then he's got some bigs with Jerry Lucas, Dirk Nowitzki, John Henson, Wayne Embry. Um, I'm going to throw this over to... Uh, Magic, since he hasn't been able to talk in a little bit while. Uh, Magic, what, what do you think about this Golden State Warriors team? I think it's I think it's a lot of assets that have been a lot of assets and money that's been put into a pretty mac team. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I think Newell is good. I think that Sergey is is a phenomenal player. Um, I think that Novitski and Xavier are kind of two guys that are probably hurting this team the most in terms of, of kind of getting them to the next level. Although uh, I think Nowitzki is, is, is a pretty damn good player, but you know, he's at the center position and we, you know, we all know that those aren't quite as important positions, you know, in terms of long-term success. So, yeah, I, again, I kind of take it back to, you know, whether McDaniel or Xavier, you know, Professor X can, can take another step up. I mean, that's very unlikely at this point. He kind of is what he is. Um, but I just kind of that second that second star they, they they really would need I think to kind of make a long run. But again, I think they're going to be I think they're obviously going to make it to the playoffs. Uh, I think there'd be a tough out in the playoffs. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on them. Like I said, I think that they can knock any of us out. You know, if they if they get the right mix of guys playing at the right time. Okay, uh, Della, what do you think about this team here, uh, uh, with uh, Golden State? Uh, I mean, I think they're they're solid. For, they can knock people off for individual games, so they'll beat them up. That I don't see them as a contender. Um, Dirk's great. I think Dirk is really really good. Um, as Magic pointed out, quite quite accurately, the the big man being really really great uh, can't lead teams to championships. They have to have guard play. Uh, their point guards are just bad. Brian Newell is what he is. He's you know. Middle of the road point guard that gets middle of the road results, um, and and their shooting guards are. I had Joe Johnson forever. He's just he's just not terribly efficient. He's streaky. 
Um, he'll have some big games, and then he'll have games where he'll shoot, you know, two of 21. Um, so, I mean, Sergey's great. Sergey's going to score a ton for this team uh, just because they don't have a lot of other options. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't see it with them. They're up against the uh, – up against the cap as well, so any sort of movement this year isn't really going to be feasible unless unless they're cutting cutting cash somehow. Um, so I, I don't I don't see them as a contender for the the forty three season. Okay, I I, th- I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, I think that um, I mean I do think Newell is I mean efficient. I think he's a decent point guard. I don't think he's an upper echelon point guard, but I think he's definitely somebody that if you had the right pieces around him, which Sergey is definitely a right piece, I, I just don't know if he's got anything outside of that. I mean, I'm not as high on Dirk. Uh, I kind of lean more towards what Magic said, where Dirk is playing more of a center position, and he's a Dirk. If Dirk mm-hmm. was small forward eligible, um, then I would probably be Dirk. Oh, my Lord, but this seems Ooh. to be really good. Uh, Ooh, Dirk would be good. Dirk, yeah, with Dirk playing the the center or power forward position, and I, I just don't, I, I just don't, I just don't think this is a team that has uh, the firepower to, to be able to contend with contend with other teams. I, I think that he's got to make moves. Um, I don't know how he's going to be able to do it. The good thing is he does have the Joe Johnson contract coming off the books, which he looks like he's finally admitted Joe Johnson is his. Uh, third or maybe potentially fourth wing. Um, so he's good. he has that money coming out of the books, and he might be able to trade that contract for a piece um, to add. Um, we'll be interesting to see what he does with that. I think Sergey uh, is phenomenal. I mean, I, I don't think – and, again, I mean, Magic said McDaniel is – X-Man is what he is. Um, he's a guy that I think uh, – uh, is going to be a inefficient scorer that can that can rebound um, at a decent level and play some good defense. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I don't think you you're, you're getting much there. Um, so I, I would I would label unfortunately Golden State as a pretender. I mean, Golden uh, Taco, love you. You're you're one of my Notre Dame brothers. Um, love you to death if you're listening to, or if you listen to this. But uh, unfortunately, you do have to make some moves to um, to make your team, I think, a contender in the West. Um, teams that we have, that we, I think we can kind of look at here are the Clippers um, are, are the next team. Um, I, I don't know if you, you both want to agree with me that they're a pretender right now because I mean, all they really have is Cornell. They, and Cornell Green's nothing special, and Hal Greer's nothing special. They got them and Shane Battier. And Chris Weber, I, I just don't see much there with this team. Do you, you guys kind of agree? Do you think they're kind of not much to talk about? I would agree. Yeah, I mean, I like Battier. Uh, Grayson Allen's going to be interesting as a rookie. I think he's one of those guys that is, is that might might be one of those guys that Eric falls in love with on the rookie ladder uh, a little bit. I think he's going to put is up. Is he playing about five minutes a game and has a thirty six <laughs> average? Yeah, just about. Okay, so I mean, yeah, he's, gonna, he's gonna have phenomenal player, man. I mean, that's, that's great, great per thirty-six numbers. Um, <laughs> and I mean, Chris Webber is a good player, but you know, it's it's still there's not enough there. There's no depth, no point guard. 
no shooting guard even. Um, so yeah, not not a contender. Okay. Um, so we all agree they're they're probably a pretender. Um, last team in the West, um, Grizzlies. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about with them. Are we skipping? Are we skipping, are we skipping the Lakers? Do they even not, deserve to be talked about? They're not good either. They're really bad. Um, oh yeah, man, you, they're bad. I, I and again, I mean, um, I think. They're a team. Um, hey, my boy Ladon is starting. Let him go. <laughs> well, we we, we we talked about it with uh, when we got the Eastern Conference and we talked about um, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, the Lakers are bad by design. I mean, they want to be bad right now. I think the Lakers are a team to really, really worry about in the future. Because um, I really like their 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 wings and Tatum and uh, Antibody, I, I think those two guys are going to be a pretty good duo in, in years to come um, for this team. Um, they eventually, if they draft a point guard, develop a point guard, or, or get a point guard free agency, add a big. I mean, you got a nice stew going on then. I mean, even Zaza, Zaza's not a bad. I mean, prospect um, and, and, and as a big, I mean, he's got some good stuff there. So, I know I'm jumping ahead, but those three had a pretty, pretty monster start to the season. Do they? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't realize I didn't realize Tatum was shooting guard eligible. That's good. Yeah, oh, so yeah. he shot. He's, yeah, he's, he's going to be good. Thirty-three points a game, eight rebounds, three point three assists, half a block on forty-eight percent shooting. 63% from three, which obviously helps. Zaza had 21.5 points, 9.5 rebounds, 3.3 blocks, and 47% shooting. Okay. That's only four games, obviously, but that's I, not a bad thing to see. Obviously, this is a great segue to um, get out of talking about pretenders and contenders and start talking about similar and old reactions. Um, so, as we've been doing this podcast, um, soup, I mean, not soup, I shit, 20s. Um, I love you, 20s, by the way, so don't kill my teens. Um, was gracious enough to put the work in and, and give us a sim. Um, so we we have a sim here. Um, going over some of the results, we'll start with the Eastern Conference and we'll go to the Western Conference. Nets won seven and one. Pacers six and two. Knicks five and one. Hornets seven and three. Pretty good sim for the Hornets. Uh, five and two from the Cavs, four and two from the Bucks, four and four from uh, your AARP Bullets, um, four and four from your Bobcats, and four and five from the Magic, three and five surprisingly from your 76ers. Um, which let's see, no injuries on the 76ers, so that's it's a little bit surprising. Um, Three and five from the Bulls, zero and two from the Raptors, one and six from the Hawks, one and seven from the Celtics, zero and eight from the Heat. Western Conference, um, seven one from your Minnesota Timberwolves. Whoa. Five and two from your Seattle Sonics. Seven one from first in the West. First in the West. Seven one from this uh, team uh, in Utah that we don't want to talk too much about. Uh, four and two from your Houston Rockets, five and three from the Golden State Warriors, 
three and two from uh, Phoenix. Five and four for your Portland Blazers. Sorry, Magic. Um, <laughs> three and three from your OKC Thunder. Three and four from the Clippers. Four and five from the Kings, which good 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 start for them. Uh, one and three from your Lakers. Two and five from your Spurs. One and from one and six from Denver. One and seven from Vancouver. So kind of a little bit what we thought. Um, Spurs kind of Whoa. looking at it surprised me a little bit. I thought they might be a little bit better than that um, with what they had. Um, Ron James only shooting 21 a game on 39% shooting. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to throw this first over to Magic. Um, any thoughts, overreactions, thoughts about what we saw here in the first ten? I mean, I've learned, I've been in enough that the first sim, hell, even the first three, four sims don't mean next to nothing. Um, you know, I think obviously the, the, the two teams that are probably most surprising is the 76ers at three and five, and the, my Blazers at five and four. You know, for my Blazers, just looking at it, it's just guys hitting shots. You know, Baylor's, you know, only hit 41% of his shots. You know, that's just not going to happen, um, you know, in both. Just not enough volume out of out of Penny and and Lonk, and I think you know I got and, I got a lot. And, and, and just to twist the knife a little bit, do you, do you know who game one was for your Portland Trailblazers? Yeah, we lost to you guys. <laughs> the, the Utah Jazz, yeah, one thirty yeah. to one oh seven. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like was Nate Najera was getting in the game for seven eight minutes and putting up four points a game. I mean, granted he was shooting good percentages, but. You know, it looks like he was getting, you know, eight shots a game taken away from my my outside guys. So that's that's not something I wanna I wanna see. So I made a slight change there to get him out of the lineup. But you know, on the let me see here, let me look at the seventy sixers. Seventy sixers, you know, just looks it's, it's more it's typically the same. when I see that when I see something like that and I see a player getting time like that that I don't want to, he's probably designated for injury reserve. Right, and that's what I yeah, I already made the switch while we were talking earlier. <laughs> put a different guy. I don't want him shooting shots. I want Baylor and, and Arenas. But yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks kind of the same thing. It looks like Thais Reggie is only 26 points on 43, 44 percent shooting. So you, you got to figure that's going to come up. Um, so I, I just think there's not much to be gleaned from this. You know, obviously for guys, you know, some of these teams that start seven and one, five and two, six and two. Obviously that's a good start. You know, but I think. For some of the teams uh, that, that have stars that just kind of came out of the gate slow, that, that always seems to to correct itself over the following following sins. So, but um, I'm going to throw this over to Delap. Uh, Delap, uh, any overreactions? Obviously, you've got to be pretty happy with uh, your Sonics starting off five and two. Uh, five and two. Prince missed four games and and still managed to be five and two. Um. Looks good so far. Uh, the, I'm looking at the Timberwolves right now, at, at who they played, and they beat both of you guys. They beat the Bullets and they beat the Sixers. I mean, I think that their seven and one has some legit wins in it. So the Timberwolves, I think we may have, I think we all liked them, but I don't know that we all liked them as much as, as this looks. Like, so it's not just that they're beating up on bad guys; they're beating good teams. Um, so I mean. Uh, that that's that's my reaction that the Timberwolves are going to be a, a huge force in the West. Um, looking through some others, 
I mean, I'm not I'm magic. I'm not worried about your team. You're going to get you're going to get back on track. I wouldn't I wouldn't freak out if ever I were you. But if you do want to trade Baylor and you want to get in the Fegley business, you know we can talk. Yeah, we, uh, we could definitely talk in Utah too. I mean, having Baylor with Bird. <laughs> good golly, this Molly. Uh, I think it's time to sell off, yeah, boys. Uh, I think New York, New York's gonna be interesting. The Jimmy Jackson contract and it, for the Knicks is and is oh, just huge. He's gonna be making thirty million as a thirty-eight year old, but for this year. For this year, Butch Lee and Sam Jones and Jimmy Jackson, I think, are going to play very beautifully together. I think New York is, is a team to look out for in the East. Just going to real-life uh, basketball, that team reminds me of the Golden State Warriors in the, in the early 90s when they had, um, um, uh, they had Dan Mullen, um, they had um, Tim Hardaway, Hardaway and... Uh, and uh, oh god, what was the other guy on that team? I can't think of his name. Um, they call him Run. Um, they call him like well, Chris Mullins, um, Tim Hardaway, and uh, oh god, they call him Run TMC. Mitch Richmond. Yeah. Um, did I, I, I? That's what I kind of this New York Knicks team reminds me of is like the Golden State Warriors. They, they had like a good two, three year run in the in the early nineties. Where they were, the three of them were just putting up a shit ton of points. That that's kind of what I see with this team. I, I think they're they're the sim version of Run TMC. Um, um, that's kind of what I'm going to go with with this uh, New York Knicks team. Sure. Uh, and and they have you know center after center after center on that roster, so they can throw a lot of different big men out there and figure out who the best combination is for sure. Um, I mean they they look good. They look good so far. Okay. Um, looking looking through, you mean? Um, I think the Cavaliers had a good team. I, I'm I'm really surprised. Seven three Charlotte Hornets. Um, um, taking a look to see who they played thus far. Um, they have wins over the Kings. Okay, lost to the Pacers. Okay, win over the Thunder. Okay. Went over the Hornets, went over, and went over the Celtics, went over the Celtics, okay. I mean, big deal. Uh, went over the Nuggets, big deal. Lost to the Clippers, lost to the Bobcats. Yeah. Went over the Bulls. Yeah. So, uh, smoke and mirrors, 7-3. I, I, don't, I don't think they're as good as their record would advertise. Um, I mean, the rest of it kind of falls. I mean, with the AARP bullets kind of are what we thought they were kind of Back end playoff team, Milwaukee Bucks four and two. You mean um, take a look right now to see kind of how this team performed and how we kind of had things going. Um, Mataos, oh fuck! I sh- I wish I would have given away. Twenty eight points per game, forty seven percent from the field, fifty five percent from three, uh, five point seven rebounds, nine point five assists, two point five steals. Um, fuck you, trophy dick. Um, I I really I know I'm gonna regret giving him away. Um, Granger and Lewis with Ellis. I mean that's gonna be a really really strong three. Um, Patton put up a really good first sim for him. Um, he, he's gonna be one of the top two teams in the East. Um, but it's all said and done. Um, so fuck you, trophy jerk. Um, 
Hopefully he hates me, and I don't know why. Josie uh, actually, um, last year, me and him sat next to each other during a uh, Cubs playoff game against the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, me and him went to the game together with uh, Ankley and uh, and uh, and uh, Banks. The four of us went to the game together, and, and uh, me and Trell were sitting next to each other, I mean, talking the whole game. Very, very nice guy. Actually, jabs I take at him are unjust. I actually love Trophy. He, he's he's great person, great father, uh, great person. So don't take what I say too too hard. <laughs> but um, kind of outside of that, other than the 76ers, kind of what we expected in, in the East. In the West, um, uh, Timberwolves kind of surprised me seven to one. I mean, they beat they beat beat my Jazz team and they beat the Trailblazers. I think Trailblazers pretty surprised at five and four, but I think they'll correct the ship. Um, I think the Spurs are a little bit surprised two and five. I thought they they would be better than that. Um, um, just looking at how their players performed, um, I mean, Allen, Allen didn't do too bad. I mean, um, uh, 21 minutes per game, 2.8 blocks, 6.8 rebounds. Um, Bigs really, I don't think, are there for him. Marvin Williams, holy moly, 40.3 points per game in seven games. From Marvin Williams. Wow. Lorenzo Ball, 36 minutes a game, 13.1 points. Really not efficient scoring. 37 points, uh, 37 from the floor, uh, 26% from three points. Uh, so that so that needs to improve. Um, but wow, Marvin Williams. Wow. Really good numbers for him. But um, oh right, I guess Let's just pump the brakes. I think uh, I, I I think uh, I think he's still a little ways away, but I thought he'd be a little bit better than that. Um, but uh, okay, so for some re- reactions, you guys want to change any of your thoughts or any of your picks of uh, of of who who you guys think? Uh, the, the one thing I'm going to throw out about the Sixers is if you look at their schedule, I mean they started three and five, but they played eight playoff teams. Um, they played eight, I mean, eight good teams. I mean, they played the Bucks twice. They played the Knicks twice. Um, they played your Jazz, who blew them out. You beat them by 20-plus, which looks good. Um, they played the Timberwolves. They played the Nets. I mean, they, they, they a three and five, just like the, the Hornets is kind of a smoke and mirrors, good good thing. This is the opposite of that is that they're going to start, once they get their hands on some, some weaker teams, they're going to pile up those wins. Okay. Okay. So my, I'm gonna first pose the question to Della. Um, give me your prediction for uh, who you're gonna see come out of the West, who you're gonna see coming out of the East, and who's your champion. Um, I, what, what I sent in to, how do I send it into heaps? Keep it, keep it consistent. Is, is the Blazers are gonna win the West again? Um, I'm pretty sure I picked the 76ers to win the East, and I, I'm picking the Blazers to repeat as champs. Okay. Uh, Magic. Sorry for that give, pressure, Magic. <laughs> give, give, me, give me your prediction here, Magic, uh, of the 
uh, of the West, the East, and who's your champion? Uh, I'm going to take the 76ers in the East, and uh, I think the Jazz can make it out of the West, and I would pick the 76ers in a six-game series. Okay. Um, for myself, I'm going to go a little bit weird here. I'm going to say the New York Knicks in the Eastern Conference. Um, I really think that with his top three scores um, and the bigs that he has for the season, I think he can do it. I just don't know if it's going to be sustainable success. I'm going to put the Knicks coming out of the Eastern Conference. Um, in, the, in the Western Conference, um, again, this is going to be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to say the Houston Rockets. Oh. Uh, I really, really like the Houston Rockets. Um, I like Schroeder. I like Houston. I like their defensive wings and what they have going on. I love their defensive bigs. Um, so I'm going to go with the Houston Rockets. Um, and I'm going to go with the New York Knicks as our champion. And I think the computer, I think Eric is actually going to come away with a championship this season. So okay. that's, just, that's just me when I look at it and, and I'm, I'm, drinking, I'm drinking something called Dragon's Milk, which is 11% alcohol. So I mean, take it at that word as well. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I really like the Knicks team. I really like the additions that the Rockets made. I think the Rockets, just defensively, they're going to give teams a really hard time, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, what they have with Covington and Farmer. Um, then I think they have the scoring of Houston and Schroeder and Embiid. Um, I, I think that they're going to surprise teams, and I think they're going to come out of the West. So work done. I mean, I'm sorry if I jinxed you at all because usually I'm wrong about everything. So sorry, but, but uh, okay. So I mean, we, we've been on the podcast now. This is going on about uh, about three hours. So I think we should uh, wrap it up right now. So I'm going to throw it over to uh, Magic. Any final words? No, this is this was a lot of fun. Obviously, really enjoy the league. I think 20s is added a lot to it and he's, he's been a great commissioner so I'm, uh, I'm happy and really loving it and uh, enjoy spending this time with you guys okay any 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 as any shade or anything you want to say negatively towards any owners right now no 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 I, I usually keep that for the shout talk which okay. keeps my days busy <laughs> okay um I'm not really a Magic fan, but yeah, the Magic won. <laughs> I went, you know, it's the closest NBA team. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm along with uh, in real life Dump uh, Sylvester. We are both Mavericks fans, and so we are, we are oh, watching okay. our, our team spiral this year. Um, no, no, no trash talk. No, no nothing. I'm like, I, too much karma on the line there. I don't want to. To mess with injuries. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I mean, I'd just like to shout out that I think, I think the Western Conference is better than the East this year. Western that I will say. 
The West is the best, especially, especially. Take that, Eric. Take that. I mean, yeah, the, the that that beast Atlantic fell apart when when Dump fell apart. So. <laughs> yeah, you mean um, it, it's also good to see. I mean, and actually, Fazan the mayor, face face on the mayor, Fazan um, is a guy that I respect immensely. Uh, that I I actually value his opinions a lot, and you know ask questions a lot, and now he's kind of told me that he won't answer my questions because he's taking a kind of step back from that. Um, but to see me be the team, um, kind of lays credence that I'm kind of going in the right direction. Um, but, um, I mean, I, 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 I really think the Western Conference is actually the stronger conference right now. I think the top two in in the West are are are, are kind of the cream of the crop right now with Portland and uh, and and uh, the Jazz team. Because um, I not to toot my own horn, but I, I looking at what I have here in the first sim, um, if this continues, I mean, this is going to be uh, a season where I'm going to be very very happy and excited for my team. Um, and you will see less um, less down STL in shout where I'm wanting to move my whole team and aggravate and frustrated with it um, based off of what I saw in the first one. So I'm very, very happy with it. But If it's uh, not me who wins today, I wouldn't mind it being one of you two. So. <laughs> but, uh, no, a I, 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 I big thank you to both uh, Magic and Della for joining me on the podcast. Um, and, and us doing this. I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's something that I think we need to get more at, and I'm going to try to put an effort to doing this more often for our league because it's good to have us talking about it and having some fun with it. So a big thank you for you two joining me in the podcast. Um, and and, and I, really appreciate, I really appreciate you guys, and hopefully you guys can join me in the future again. Uh, but, um, but, uh, again, to the league, thank you so much. Um, twenties, thank you for everything that you do. Um, you're a really, really good commish that is doing a tremendous job. Um, so please, I mean, um, your ideas, what you put forward, the, uh, the effort that you put into it. Thank you so much. I know, um, this, you got a real life outside of this, but thank you for everything you do for us. Um, to make this fun. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Um, again, thank you to my co-hosts. Uh, thank you to everyone that listened, and uh, I hope you guys uh, have a good season, and I hope uh, I get to see uh, a nice uh, uh, Portland and uh, Utah finals in the West. Uh, actually, that would be fun. Or, C- or maybe Seattle. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, 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 do, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to see that finals, but, you know. <laughs> but if I can, you, try, you guys yeah. can have it. Okay. Okay, guys. Take it easy. Thank you so much. You guys have a great night. Bye now.